2: The NBA is back. Where else can you get this
0: type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your
1: own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle
3: of LA is real,
0: people.
2: And 30 feet is still in range. Oh, hurry, action.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. it most of the time all right welcome back to another edition of the butting heads podcast from Ramstock radio i'm sir barrow as always i'm here with johnny gomez and a, a recurring Butting Heads Coast, I'd say, also joined the show, Roto Ballers' Kev Masaregin. How you guys doing?
4: Pretty good. How you guys doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's good to hear from you guys again. It's been a while.
1: It, it has, Kev. It's good to have you on. We, we got some stuff to talk about for sure uh, that I know you're hot on. And also, this week is like the only sporting event for the foreseeable future. Uh, that isn't a Michael Jordan documentary. So, we got real topics to talk about for God knows how long. So it's bittersweet. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in, and of course, to get it out of the way, please. If you haven't given us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. Take a screenshot, send it to us on. You can send it on Twitter, email ramstalk9045@gmail.com. Give a screenshot, tell us who's entering. You'll be entered to win a Rams jersey customized once we get to 200 reviews. We'll pick the winner. Uh, who knows what the Rams jerseys are going to look like, but if you don't want the new ones, you get a throwback too. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to start with this though, John. Kev, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, the Chargers jerseys came out today, and I think everyone is pretty universally in agreement that they're at worst fine. But we all we for the most part aren't like them. But uh, Johnny and I were talking about whether or not the helmets would have horns, and I said I'd be shocked if they didn't. But I I could see them modernizing it. And Johnny, I'm gonna need you to repeat your take you gave me earlier.
3: So here's the thing: the whole vibe that uh, the Rams unleashed with the whole like ocean vibe and everything. I don't want to see that shit on the helmets or the uniforms. And the reason being is when you really think about it, I don't even know why that's a concept because Inglewood or Los Angeles for that matter, they're not near an ocean. I mean, yeah, you can drive to an ocean from there, but you really can't see an ocean like within like, I don't know, a couple miles so why is that a thing? I don't get it. It's not like it's the Long Beach Rams or even the San Diego Rams. So like I don't understand why there's so much emphasis on oceans. Uh I
4: I I, I don't know, am I overreacting? <laughs> I don't know for for me at least, Inglewood's pretty close to like El Segundo, Manhattan Beach, all of that. So Marina del Rey too. It's like really close, Marina del Rey. So like the beach isn't that far, and we have fan. There are like Rams fans, Chargers or whatever fans in Santa Monica too. So I I don't want to say we're neglecting them by uh, if we were not to include any of that ocean atmosphere into all of this. Uh, Yeah, I guess if you want to talk about downtown Los Angeles, yeah, that's kind of far from the beach area and but like los angeles is west coast beach suntans all that and whatnot so it's not the biggest deal i don't think it's you know irrational to have any sort of vibe associated with the beach ocean whatever so that's just my take like i don't think it matters much it's just
1: whatever they're trying to sell And, and johnny you mentioned uh san diego would make more sense in a lot of ways we are as far as we've seen the new brand the rebranding so far we are trying to aspire to be a former San Diego franchise.
3: Oh jeez. <laughs> I
1: I saw a Photoshop jersey today that was just like Rams new jerseys looking fire and it was just uh the the new Chargers jerseys with like updated colors. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I really oh. wish those jerseys were our jerseys, though. Those were amazing, honestly. I'm a big fan. I don't yeah. know. Like, those color schemes, the powder blue and yellow and whatnot, it, 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 it is the best jersey in football. Has to be, right? Or, like, I, the the,
1: who, the original colors at least had to be. I think, I think at least in the top tier, uh, I'm sure there's some, like, purists who will say, like, the Packers or some shit like that, but I, I think they're probably my personal favorites, uh, at least for a primary uniform. And I, I, I was telling Johnny before, I I don't have a lot of faith that the Rams jerseys are going to be great. I don't know oh, yeah. why. I saw, I saw those uh, mock-ups. I was not a fan. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just – it doesn't seem like we're trending in the right direction. And I, I had pretty tame logo takes, I would say, over the past weeks. I thought it was, <laughs> like, fine but uninspired. But when I keep seeing the logo on, like, mock – like draft big boards. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever played like in Madden or in 2k where if you create a custom team, like you got this logo that you think looks fire, but when you see it next to other logos, it like, it looks a little off. Cause it's like a custom logo. That's what I think of when I see this logo next to like the Ravens logos. It just looks like, it looks like it should be for a different thing. Like it doesn't look like an NFL logo.
4: I agree, it really it sticks out like a th- sore thumb. Maybe because we're not used to it, but also like our logo was fine. I, I had no problem with the old LA like not the old LA Rams logo, but like what we were rocking with. Maybe like a jersey customization would have been cool, but like we had the perfect jerseys. Like we, those uh, OG Rams jerseys that we kind of like modernized a little bit with the uh the bright blue and yellow and whatnot. Like I don't know the exact you know color scheme, all, but. It looked fine. It looked great on game days. I I really don't understand this rebrand. I get it. We're getting a new stadium. It's like, ooh, fancy. But it kind of, it it feels like we're, it's overkill. We're really pushing it with this whole rebrand.
1: Yeah.
3: And thanks Eric Dickerson. I can't stop seeing a a penis on the, on the (laughs) ramp.
1: Oh no. I got to say though, Dickerson's been peddling some trash logos, like saying that they're no offense to him, uh, but like. (laughs) Some of the logos he's like, "Should we bring this one to the team when I meet with them?" It's like, "No, that logo sucks." Like there's so much going on. I I like the um the alternate logo. I wouldn't hate it if that was our logo, and I I love the colors. I think they got the colors right. I think the colors like whether or not it, even if the jerseys come out shitty, I think you're still going to be able to get some fire gear that it's like twist on the logo because the colors are so good. But I I don't know I feel like they're gonna fuck up the jerseys as long as they don't fuck up the helmet I won't be that upset. Wait, you're talking about alternate with it, which is just like the white Rams head with the with the horns, right? Yeah, I don't like. I'm not obsessed with it, but I I like it.
4: Yeah. I think that I saw the hats; they were pretty cool. But like, I hate the the L.A. Rams uh, with the little horn thing on the A. Like, I'm oh, Yeah, it just looks. It, it, it feels tacky. It looks like I made that in, like, you're right. It looks like I made that in Madden. Yeah,
1: like, when oh, like, you're bringing fresh. in LA,
4: Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, it just looks like uh, the mock ups for LA teams that they were bringing between uh, 90, What like, when did the Rams leave? It was like 94 from LA? I believe it was like yeah. when I was born. Yeah, I was 94. Okay, so yeah, from between then to when they brought them back a few years back. So, like, it looks like those mock ups they would do. When it's like, oh, is LA getting a football team? And then here's like what the logo could look like, which is terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I like the 89 logo, the helmet with the ram's horn. That's all we should have gone back with. Like yeah. some modern version of that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if uh, if this logo is going to be long for the team. We'll see. We'll see if it grows. I don't know. There's sometimes when I see it I'm like a hat or something and I like it. But when I see it next <laughs> to other logos, I, I hate it. But anyways, it's draft week. We got real topics, so let's get him. As you all, as you guys all know, I'm not the draft expert here. I'm gonna be moderating this conversation. Kev's done his research. Johnny's done his research. I'll let them do a lot of the caring here. But I, so 52. I I guess we could start with this because uh, Kev, if you remember him, come back on the show earlier. He's had some strong Todd Gurley takes. Uh, and now Todd Gurley is no longer with us uh, on the team. He's still alive. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, no comment. No, I love him. I, I, I've i said and I will repeat it. I wish him the best. I think I, – I hope – I would bet on him doing better than expected this year. Not betting on 2018 Gurley coming back. But anyways, so Kev – Gurley's not here I guess if you want you could talk about how you feel about the decision to straight up cut him and to follow that up and Johnny you could chime in after too at 52 or at 57 uh, running back it, it I think we all agree it's not a super pressing need for the Rams but you're still going into the season with two guys who haven't proven they could carry the load is there somebody at that could theoretically drop here that would Uh, be worth picking up
4: yes there are people who could drop that are uh you know i wouldn't say unreasonable picks because uh, we hear on twitter all a lot running backs don't matter running backs are replaceable and while i agree with the general premise uh there are running backs that are more valuable than others and i think that's what, what's lost like that's the context that we lose completely when we're having this running backs don't matter discussion there are good running backs and there are bad running backs running backs in general are wholly affected by the offense around them they're affected by the offensive line they're affected by the quarterback and they're affected by the wide receivers that they play with the wide receivers create the spacing for the running backs to operate the offensive line blocks them to have holes to operate through and the quarterback generally you know he makes sure they have accurate passes he makes sure they have a free-flowing offense that can you know generate a lot of points so running backs are at the bottom of the totem pole if we draft a running back at 52 or 57 i will rescind my fan fandom honestly we traded up to number 70 to select daryl henderson last year when we already had a pretty stacked running back room with girly brown brown who we re-signed for two years off of a restricted free agency sheet which we shouldn't have done because malcolm brown's not that good he's a pretty bad running back i get it he could break some tackles but brown's mediocre he's an okay goal line short line uh short yardage back but we could have just like completely drafted like random running backs from the like lower end of the draft last year and rolled with them rather than giving money to brown Keeping Gurley on board instead of paying him, but like Gurley, we—that's like, old news. We paid him, we did all that. I can't talk about that. But
2: Kev, after we, trading
4: up, we're sorry. we're
1: barely giving money to Brown though. He makes like oh. one point six million or something like that.
4: That's too much.
1: <laughs> that is way too much
4: for Malcolm Brown. Like that's money you could pay to like a swing tackle or like. Uh, interior defensive lineman that would have a much bigger impact than that running back. Malcolm Brown, like no disrespect to Malcolm Brown. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he's a running back who does not matter. He's just a guy. Like, He might be even less than that, but regardless, we traded... Uh, okay, so last year, they traded up from 94, sending the Buccaneers that selection and the 99th overall selection for number 70. That's not the worst trade I've ever seen, but if you're making that trade, you have to select something that's not a running back because... They they took Daryl Henderson, who in my opinion is a fine running back. He's a good change of pace guy. He's a guy you want to give like forty percent of the work to, like some passing work. He's kind of like that explosive running back where uh, if you have a big enough lead and they're expect or like uh, if they're expecting you to pass or something, you put in Daryl Henderson, you get a big some big chunk yardage on like a I don't know maybe like a second and twenty play or something, but. He's not that great. He's not someone you could give a major workload to. We do need a running back. I agree. But if we take one in the second, we are fools. We have so many more holes to fill.
1: I, I, I'm i with you uh, on taking one in the second. I think it would be ri- kind of ridiculous unless, like, let's say the number one running back on their board was there. And even then, it, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah,
4: there I no, agree. There, there's no such thing. It's like there are tiers. There are really good running backs, but there's no like Saquon Barkley, I guess, this year. Like if he fell to 52, I'd be like, okay, yeah, right. screw it, it. But that's where running backs get devalued so much. Where like Saquon Barkley's maybe the greatest running back of all time from a skill standpoint, and he still isn't worth taking that high.
1: And like you mentioned, they, they traded up for, for Daryl Henderson, and it's not like he— didn't show any flashes next year or last year, so I I think you got it. You got to let him run. Uh, you were a little harsh on Malcolm Brown. He's fine, uh, and he's he fine. doesn't make a lot of money.
4: <laughs> I guess
1: he, he's he's fine for I, his role. Uh, Johnny, i just you, like
4: so scarred from last year. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: he got the ball a little too much early on last year, um, but I, I think if if he's your number two running back on that contract. I'm I'm fine with it. Johnny, you got you got any thoughts here?
3: Derek, is that you?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, Kev. Uh so let me explain. Uh, you you just remind me of our our Derek Ziapala, the our we uh show. have a running joke about Derek. He's he's kind of more of a uh he'd like to think of himself as a realist. But I'd say he's more of a debbie downer so we've termed the coin uh, or coined the term uh Derek downer so yeah. you're a new Derek
2: oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I, I
3: just have to say because Malcolm Brown I think you were really harsh on Malcolm Brown uh he, he he's not that great if you're gonna compare him to some. Of like the other premier backup running backs in the league he's definitely not an every down running back but i i feel like if he's used properly he can be very very effective and the way he was used in 2018 kind of shows that he was very valuable before he got hurt
1: and and i will say this too though to defend kev a little bit we'll probably all be saying this about malcolm brown Come November, when he's getting the ball too much and they're not giving the ball to Daryl Henderson enough. <laughs> That's possible. It, it, it seems all too likely. Uh, but, anyways, so assuming we're not taking a running back at around this range, Johnny, I'll start with you. 52 57, the Rams have two picks. Like, what, what guys would you li- like? Like in a in an ideal world, I won't say perfect. Like we don't need to talk about guys who are projected to go twenty eight, falling to us. Guys projected in this range, like who who would you look at and say this is a guy the Rams should make a priority? Ooh, that's tough. If we're gonna
3: say dream case scenario for me, I I say Denzel Mims. I am a huge fan of Denzel Mims. I feel like he fits the Rams' offense the best out of any receiver that's realistic in this category. Um, I don't think he falls to pick 52, but if we're going to say dream case scenario, yes, Mims absolutely would love 100% love to have him.
1: Hey, that's I got, one. I got Mims at 52 in Kevin, and I's Roto Baller mock draft. We did. So you never know. Uh, we are uh, a group of experts what? that I did that draft. It
3: like that, man. <laughs> But if I'm going to be a little more realistic, I would say probably Julian Aquara. I think the uh, he's the edge from uh, Notre Dame. It's a position of need, and I feel like um, he's a very good value pick there at pick 52, and um, certainly more realistic than Mims. But like I said, if, if Mims is there and the Rams don't pick him, I'm going to be awfully pissed off. I know it's not a huge need or anything, but – the way he would work so well with this offense, I, I think you can't help but pick him at pick 52, especially.
1: Uh, yeah, I, and I, it. you could follow up on that too. Like, it's such a deep receiver class, and even though that's not as, not really a huge need either, uh, you lost Brandon Cooks, obviously, and, we like josh reynolds but you're you like fine if he's a third receiver you're not like over the moon about it and if we go into the season with those three guys their top guys it's fine but everyone's been saying this is the deepest receiver class they've seen we had uh trevor sigma on two weeks ago he said it's the deepest he's scouted if if there's a guy that slips that you really love at this pick i think you should do it i think it's worth it mcveigh's always prioritized offense. And even though you like what you got, there's no guarantee Cooper Cup's in the team next year. I would bet, or in 2021, I mean, I would bet that they make him a priority and they keep him around, but he's in a contract year. You know, Woods isn't going to be here forever. Josh Reynolds is also in a contract year. If he performs well, he's probably not going to be here. So it's, it's a good time to address the need in such a deep class if somebody's there that they really like. Uh, Kev, what are your, what are your thoughts at, at in the second round?
4: I'm really glad you brought up Denzel Mims. I, I'm really glad you brought him up because I wanted to discuss him. I really hope we don't draft him. Denzel Mims is a fugazi. He's one of those big 12 wide receivers who has great performances, great numbers, and whatnot. But he's been put up against such shoddy coverage and such weak, like, backfields, or uh, not defensive backfields, at least, that we're kind of fooled by his production. Now, Baylor isn't exactly a wide receiver factory. I guess they had Josh Gordon a few years back, but he was we all know he was up and down. But uh, there are a few things I really, really do not like about Mims, particularly that he's fairly two dimensional. He's only good at two things running deep and uh, contested catches. He'd be a fine red zone threat. He'd be a fine field stretcher, but he's not someone you want to rely on consistently. I get it. He has fantastic measurables, but so do plenty of other other wide receivers. And we see this year in and year out where it's not exactly wide receiver measurables that win. Like you look at someone like Dante Moncrief, you look at someone like I don't know, like Josh Doxon or whoever it may be, where you see this size. You see like last year, Hakeem Butler, you see size, speed. Uh, some production at the college level and you're impressed, but at the same time they're unable to get off the line of scrimmage because they're so shattered when they face press coverage in the NFL and a a bigger cornerback is bullying them. Denzel Mims is that kind of guy where he has such a thin frame and such poor skills off the line of scrimmage that – it would either take him three to four years to develop into a serviceable wide receiver, and like we don't really have that much time to waste. The Rams need guys who can help them win now, and we need like I agree, we do need a wide receiver. We need a field stretching wide receiver, and while Dim's uh, Mims prototype. Is what we should look for. We should look aside from Mims. I like I know my USC bias is gonna show again, but Michael Pittman Jr. is the ideal wide receiver if he were to fall to 52 that we should absolutely nab. He's been getting some first round talk, but he has this massive body at 6'4, 220. He can run a four uh yeah, a four-five-three, I believe. He's agile, he could work downfield, he could work in screens, we can use him in the perfect manner as a complementary wide receiver to woods and cup that he can field stretch. He can act as like a diversion downfield. He can do a little bit of everything and be serviceable from day one. So I guess my ideal draft is something like Pittman or Rager. If you were to fall Ragers, obviously a better choice than Pittman, but he might be getting even more buzz in the first round. So I'm not expecting him to fall, but he'd be a dream wide receiver option. And then going with the guard or a center, with the second pick at fifty-seven, like uh, Robert Hunt, uh, Matt Hennessy, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State, there are so many good guard options in the like mid-second, mid-third level where we have our other picks that we we're actually in a prime spot with those four picks on day two. We can really fill some gaps. So either Pittman. Hamler I don't hate I don't love because I think he's going to be stuck in the slot and we're not going to move cup out and we don't really have another outside wide receiver to complement them so Hamler's a funky fit he would be a good cooks replacement but um I'd rather go with a larger body to kind of catch those uh contested balls downfield from golf so Pittman a guard Or if we want to go linebacker, Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State. He's one of the fastest uh, linebackers in the class. He has such great instincts in coverage. He can attack the ball downfield wherever it may be. Um, I think these are our core targets right now. Uh, like Unless somebody like Zach Bond falls due to the diluted um, urine sample that he had during uh, testing. But yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. Or a cornerback, but I don't think that any of the good ones are going to fall.
1: Yeah, a, a cornerback. I, I would say it had to be like a home run pick in the second round because I feel like they want to give David Long a chance to work out of the out of the slot. I think they drafted him. They like him. I don't, I don't think there's. I don't know if there's anything there, but I think they think there is. And Troy Hill played played fine. <laughs> I don't think there's any like any real needs to— Go out of our way to replace him unless there's somebody we really like. But Johnny, I got I got to let you respond to the receiver takes.
3: Uh, I understand uh, certain takes. I personally like Denzel Mims just because I feel like he he uh, can work better in the slant than uh, what was given credit for. But um, personally, I think Mims is exactly the type of receiver we want, uh, just because he wouldn't be the number one option anyway you're kind of looking at mims being the number one option and he wouldn't be it would be Robert woods that um, I think that's fair to say. and I would even say Cooper cup would be the option too until whatever receiver that's drafted uh, you know proves otherwise. So um, as far as my uh, as far as the receiver taken, we have to look at him being like the third or fourth option at the moment. Uh, with the potential to move up. So I'm okay with getting a guy that could potentially fill in the position later on, uh, especially because he isn't going to be the number one starter right away anyway. Um, If we're looking for a bigger target, I highly doubt he drops down, but uh, maybe a guy like T. Higgins. What do you think about uh, Higgins?
4: Uh, I love Higgins, but I hate him for us. We'd have the absolute slowest wide receiver core in the league, and that would absolutely cripple our offense completely. So as I said with the running backs before, everything kind of works in place. You have to allow your wide receivers to create space downfield for the entire offense to operate. You need to create space for your quarterback and everyone else and whatnot. So T Higgins, while he is one of the best downfield options for contested catches and whatnot, he isn't fast and we need speed not we don't need elite speed but we need some speed we need some semblance of ability to um act as a cook a cook's replacement to some degree we don't need like a small shifty wide receiver but we need something like I get it I I get why you like Mims because he is that archetype that we should look after like field field stretcher is what we need and I get that he would be our wide receiver 3 but I don't like the idea of reaching for a need like that. And I get that Mims has been, uh, you know, uh, some people are projecting him in the first round. I just don't see him as worth that day two pick for us, at least some teams whose tertiary or if wide receiver wasn't more of a tertiary need, I'd get it. And if it was more of a primary need, yeah sure if we could just fill that hole for now but we need to take more of a best player available option and when it comes to wide receiver I think Pittman's just his whole package is better than Mims's and he can do he can't do what Mims does better than Mims but he could do everything else well while still providing that field stretching ability so I would just take the better player in Pittman while Mims I get could do his job better in the wide receiver three role. Re, blah, wide receiver three roll.
3: So what would your take on a guy like LaVisca Chenault be then?
4: Oof. I uh, I don't think LaVisca Chenault uh I he'd be a good gadget. He reminds me of like Kevin White mixed with Cordero Patterson, which it's like two busts, I get it, but it's that kind of <laughs> large wide receiver who could be a playmaker who doesn't have the who has some nice numbers but like he doesn't really know how to play wide receiver he's a really good athlete if you give him the ball he could be a playmaker but I don't know if he knows how to
1: be a wide receiver and that concerns me I'm like I'm out already knows how to run routes you're giving me Tavon Austin vibes with that description
4: he's like a large Tavon Austin yeah that's a good way to put it (laughs) so he's so he's Cordero Patterson that's large Tavon Austin Actually, no, that's, that's disrespect to Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson's one of the best kick returners in the NFL. So, like, I don't know if Chenault could be that, honestly. I think he could be a good gadget. I think he'd be fine on, like, the Ravens or the Seahawks or a team that, you know, runs more often than they pass. But for us, we need to be, like, 65% pass, 35% run or so, some mix of that. And Chenault... Well, I get it. He was injured during his pro day, or not his pro day, during the combine, and he had the core muscle surgery recently. I'm just not the biggest fan. We need an an outside wide receiver that knows how to play wide receiver right now. We need to win now. We have, like, I I don't know how long our window is. We just traded for Ramsey. We traded another first round. We traded two first round picks. We have Donald in his prime. We need to win in the next, like, three years, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Just saying, Leonard Fournette is available for trade. God, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. Honestly, I wouldn't hate it. But we'd have to pay him, there, so it'd be kind of a waste.
4: I think there are places Fournette fits, just not us. Yeah,
1: I <laughs> I like him. I would hate it. I I don't think they need to do it though. Not for what they'd have to give up. Uh, I mean, if you look, if you could trade like pick eighty four and get back Leonard Fournette for a year, mm. I'm all no. fucking for it, man. No,
4: eighty four. That's
1: too high. I don't know. We we trade it's these picks like, like they're gandy. No,
4: but that's the that's the problem. That's yeah. why we're in the positions <laughs> we're in. We have to stop doing that. We really need to stop doing that. <laughs> I
1: yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, I but just to kind of wrap up this and I'd say, you guys need to go too in depth on this. Like, assuming we keep these two picks, I don't think we're gonna trade up. Maybe they trade back, but I I feel like. The best thing to do is to make both of these picks, unless you hate who's there. What What positions would you hope they address here? I would say, for me, given how good the receiver class is, I would say receiver and edge. Uh, but if there's not a receiver there they like, I'd hope they would go inside linebacker.
4: Yeah, I agree. Inside linebacker is a huge uh, position to fill. If we can get, like I said, Willie Gay Jr. from uh, Mississippi State, I'd be ecstatic. Even though it would be a little bit of a reach in the second round, I'd still, like, I, I would support it fully because I am not going into the season with Micah Kaiser and Traven Howard and Kenny Young and Troy Readers are starting inside the linebackers. I would be very concerned.
3: I, I, I would say uh, receiver, absolutely. You need to nab at least one with one of the two picks. Um, probably number 52 but um, wide receiver and either offensive lineman um, specifically tackle or or uh, center as far as guard is concerned I feel like we're fine there I mean it it wouldn't hurt to add more but I would be more concerned about center or tackle and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah absolutely inside linebacker I wouldn't mind as well. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, I would absolutely love it if C- uh, Cesar Ruiz, uh, Ruiz drops to uh, pick fifty-two, but I highly doubt that.
4: Yeah, Ruiz would be a dream pick, but uh, I kind of disagree on guard. Who are like who are our starters next year? Austin Corbett and Austin Blythe. We have both the uh, two Austins. Uh, David,
1: yeah, David Edwards for sure. Oh gosh, be oh, yeah, because we're moving Blythe to center, right? Yeah, Ed- yeah, Edwards yeah. played uh, – Edwards, I thought, out of all the rookie linemen or all the guys that shifted in, I thought he played pretty well. I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't start next year. Uh, to me, at uh, offensive line, like, I'm pretty indifferent. I think that there is potential with a lot of the guys we have, assuming Rob Rob Havenstein isn't just absolutely cooked, which he could be. But I'm hopefully he's not. We do have Bobby Evans, who I thought played fairly well. We have David Edwards, who I thought played well. Blythe at center is totally fine. And then the other guard, you got Austin Corbett, who take it or leave it. Uh, And then Joe Noteboom, Brian Allen, the, the reserves. I think that there is potential with a lot of these guys. That being said, I would be fine with adding somebody and giving them a shot because none of these guys that I just mentioned are short things Even though I think if we don't address this position, the line will be better than last year because they got better as the season went on. But I if if they want to address it, I'd be fine with it. Um,
4: I think we have to address it either in the second or the third. If it's not at pick 50, like I I'd rather not do it at pick 52 But if it were at 57 or somewhere in the third, I think it's a must that one of those picks is some sort of interior offensive lineman. Now, Robert Hunt out of Louisiana Lafayette is um, one of the more unheralded. I wouldn't say unheralded because a lot of people on Twitter do like him a lot. But um, he's, I guess, one of the lesser known linemen. I think he played right tackle at Louisiana but I was looking up on um football outsiders for line yards for college, like for the one hundred fifty FBS schools. and Louisiana Louisiana Lafayette was number two behind I think it was Clemson in line yards created by their offensive line. And uh, from what i think from what I noticed was Robert Hunt was probably a big reason for that. So I would take that chance that he was a driving factor in louisiana lafayette having one of the best offensive lines in the entire nation out of like power five schools and all of that like Mm -hmm. i i I like that risk i think that's a decent risk to take either 57 or if he slips to the third round i I might just jump on it if no one else is on the board if it's kind of getting thin at wide receiver cornerback or whatever it may be because i do agree wide receiver is a must in the second round at one of those picks but linebacker or interior offensive line should be the other one because I don't see any edge players being available that I would jump on in that second round slot. I kind of like the guys we have. Don't love them, but I like our edge guys more than I like our interior offensive line guys, weirdly.
3: Yeah, I, I definitely agree about Hunt. Um, if if uh, Personally, I, I would prefer him in round three if... If he ends up falling into round three, but um, I would not oppose at all having uh, Hunt over in the third round.
1: Yeah, and um, I I think out of out of these three positions, line inside linebacker, edge, and interior offensive lineman, edge is probably the strongest right now. But you know, you have Leonard Floyd on a one year deal, and I'm looking. I don't know what. I'm trying to look up Ebu Camp's contract. This is his last year. So you go into that with a lot of uncertainty, and I think that is a big factor why you'd make Edge a priority. But honestly, I think you take these four positions, you rank your guys, and you trust your board, and you draft the highest one available at both of those picks. Obviously, you don't get two wide receivers, but uh, you – I think I think cornerback. If there's somebody you love there, you you do it. I think that's fine. I I think we're fine at cornerback, much in much better shape than these other positions. But you could you could draft someone there. I don't think running back would be a good. idea, like guys mentioned. Um, if we were to draft a tackle, you'd have to really love the guy. I I kind of feel the same way about cornerback because I like. I could see Whitworth being here for two more years. Uh, you have Havenstein. You have Bobby Evans, who I I think could develop into, into a good player, but it it might be too early to tell. So, I, I I think those three positions are the focus. Uh, we I don't know. We we touched on the third round, but I don't know if you guys had any like specific third round guys that you'd love for the team to target with those picks. Um, well, let, let, yeah. let me
4: Sorry. uh, go,
1: go ahead. Sir. Go ahead.
3: I wanted to, to start off because <laughs> I wanted to get your feedback. Um, but here's the thing about Edge, because uh, Steve brought up a good point about having a, a huge need at Edge. And personally, I one of the reasons why I don't want to use Edge unless by some miracle somebody drops into the second round, um, which I don't think is going to happen, it's just a horrible... Uh, draft class for for edges and um you know i i would love aquara there um if if he happens to fall but I, I don't really think he's gonna fall to be honest i think because it's such a horrible edge class that he's probably going to be select uh taken beforehand and um which is why i'm hoping a guy like uh josh uche if i'm pronouncing it correctly i have no idea if i am um but do you think Uche will be there in round three or would that be hopeful thinking?
1: Are you asking me or are you asking asking uh, Steve? You're definitely not asking me. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> ab- I
4: am definitely- Okay. Um, Uche is an interesting case because he felt like he was a, a like a sub package player in a way with Michigan. He had one of the, I think he had the highest pressure rate in all of college football off the edge but I don't know how he translates to the NFL because he has such a weird body. Um, I'm reading the PFF report on him and they have him as a, like an off ball tweener st- uh, style linebacker. And that's kind of what I saw. Like he's tiny when you watch him on the field and I don't know how he would operate um, at the NFL level right away. He feels like Bud Dupree where it's going to take a couple of years for him to develop, where he'll be a little rough in those first few years. And then he kind of really comes on in year three year four or whenever it may be. So, while I do like the idea of Uche, he's still really young at 21. I don't think he's an he's enough of an impact player immediately that we should be taking him. He only played like 470 snaps last year throughout his entire college career since 20, uh, 2017, I believe. He's only played like 600 snaps. So we're taking a developmental player there. I don't like that for us. I think that's better for a team like Miami or um, I guess the Jets, who are not really competing anytime soon. So yeah, I'm not I'm not a big Uche guy right now. I like him as an idea more than a Rams draft prospect. On to Okwara. Um, I didn't hate Okwara at first, but the more I watched him, the more I watched him get bullied. And he has decent size; he's like six three, six four, two fifty or so. And he should be a little stronger, but he was getting bullied by tight ends at the college level. And it's not like he like he was in Notre Dame, so he got to play some easier schools uh, in their non conference non conference schedule. And I that's, guess not really. That's the, the USC
1: USC alum coming out right there. Oh, yeah, come
4: on! I like Notre Dame. I love their tight ends. I love Cole Komet. I love the idea of Chase Claypool transitioning tight end. I just don't love Julian O'Quara. I I mean, he could be a fine third round guy, like a late third round guy, if you want to take him because he's the you know he's the prototypical three four outside linebacker that fits our defense to a T. But I just didn't like what I saw when I was watching him about a month ago. I believe maybe I could watch him again. Maybe I can like something out of his game he has he's really fluid i like that but i just didn't like how he was getting bullied so maybe if he puts on a couple pounds maybe in a year or two he could help but yeah I, you're like uh, what you said before we were we're strong at cornerback which i agree our starters are decent enough that i believe in them in hill ramsey and long and then we have Darius williams as well who can kind of fill in uh yeah, he played slot. okay I, last you, year yeah he, he could be okay um i think we're fine there edge it's such a bad class uh, Johnny, you're right. It it is a horrible class after the first round. And even the first round, you're reaching outside of Chase Young. Like, I like Caleb on Chase on, but you're going to take him because you believe in what he can be, not what he has been. I like Zach Bond. I don't like the diluted sample. I don't like that he's kind of a weird – he has a weird body type as well. He might be a strong side linebacker more than a pure 3-4 outside linebacker on the edge, so he may not be a perfect fit for us. Uh, But I think the – Clear targets are interior offensive line, wide receiver, linebacker, interior,
1: um, inside linebacker. To be clear, yeah. uh, but by the way, I was specifically referring right to your your subtle jab where you said he went to Notre Dame, so he played against some weaker competition. Uh, oh, okay, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> not 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 just bashing uh, Okora. And I I will say for the listeners, in case any of us sound too negative we don't have a first round pick so no prospect we get is going to be a home run you know like there's nobody sitting there at 52 that you're like no brainer no chance of busting if he's there 52 there are flaws it doesn't mean that it's gonna be anyone we take to be a bad pick or a good pick but uh there's positives and negatives to every every prospect past chase young pretty much um I, a, a lot of guys, Kevin. I think Johnny, we've talked or you've talked about him in the past too. With we had Trevon, the most popular mock pick I've seen at eighty four by a lot because I notice it every time is Akeem Davis Gator out of App State. Johnny, I think you really you really like him, right, Kevin? I'm curious how you how you'd feel about him at eighty four.
3: Oh, I, I'd absolutely love it just because it fulfills a position of need for sure. And considering what would be around, I feel like he would be one of the better picks uh, considering he's still there in, in uh round three. Um, he, again, this, is, this is not going to be uh, a home run pick. As you mentioned this, there's a reason why he's going to go in the third round, but at, at this round, I feel like he's going to be the most solid guy available, um, for that position, particularly, um, what about you, Kev? You, do you think that would be a home run, or do you think we're we're all sipping the Gatorade there?
4: Uh, I hate to go back to the size argument for these linebackers, but this guy is small. <laughs> His coverage is great, but he feels like another tweener. Uh, he's what, like 6'2", 200 or so? 200-something?
1: I, I, he's not tall. Yeah. He's definitely not tall. He's not tall. He's not big. Um,
4: I guess in the modern NFL, you could have these undersized linebackers that do produce at pretty good levels. And we do need coverage linebackers to kind of make up for the loss of Corey Littleton. That's for sure. But I'm worried about like in blitz situations, how is he going to get around blockers? Um, he He's out of app state, so he's not exactly the most the highest pedigree prospect. I get that they had a really good year last year, and he was probably a big part of that in their um, in their back seven. He has really good lateral agility and all that. He's fast, play good coverage. He can get to his man, but from what I've read, I haven't really seen him. So I'm going off of scouting reports and size and whatnot. Uh, he kind of overruns his man. He's, uh, I don't know if he's completely translatable to the NFL, and that's my biggest story. He played really well in college from what I've seen. I'm not seen, but like red, my bad. And uh, I just hate not taking guys from big name schools. I get it. We really hit with Cooper Cup, but I. it might be easier to scout wide receivers than it would be for like linebackers. And they're just so hit or, hit or miss. And you could kind of play without really good linebackers to a certain degree. So I wouldn't reach for someone that doesn't, like uh, the chance of impact is lower than let's say, uh, grabbing uh, if we don't get a wide receiver in round two, we get him in round three or we get a depth cornerback or something. Cause we just saw the Kansas city chiefs win a super bowl with garbage men at linebacker. I don't even know who they were starting. <laughs> like last time I remember they had like Reggie Ragland or whoever. So or who do they have? They have like the old Cowboys linebacker who's pretty Wilson. I don't even know. Like it doesn't matter. Linebackers are important, but you can live without him. As long as you have a really. As long as your coverage is really good from your secondary, and as long as you could make really good pressure with your front four, so I wouldn't dream of Akeem Davis Gaither. But if he was there, I can see the vision because I
1: get that he has really good range. So
4: uh, I'm neither here nor there. Honestly.
1: I I don't uh, like to me. I'm not. Look, guys, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've watched a second of this dude play football. But if the knocks are he's small and he went to a small school, like, if those are the two biggest weaknesses out of a guy, in the third round, I think that's a guy that I personally would want to target, because, yeah, like, uh, being undersized is, in the NFL, is a is a big knock, but guys drop for that, I mean, you could argue Aaron Donald dropped a little bit, because he was a little small, uh, guys drop because they're smaller, and Russell Wilson, another guy who dropped, because he's He's small. If if that's the biggest knock, that's kind of the guy I would like to take a risk on because, um, you know, you can if you if you have if you're smart and intelligent and know the game, I think that is a, a big thing that you know. Occasionally, you have bigger athletic guys that never grasp that and can't translate it the at the next level. Ideally, you have both, but uh, those are the kind of guys that I think I would personally want to target. Uh, if, you, if you're if you looking to draft a guy who can make an impact in, like, the third round or later.
4: Yeah, I get that. I I totally get where you're coming from, and that's a really good retort. Uh, Aaron Donald, though, he played at Pittsburgh. He was in the ACC, and he won uh, the—he was the best defensive right, lineman. Right. He country. went in the first so like, round,
1: though, so it's not—I it's oh, not, would just say he yeah, slipped yeah. a little. I think he would have been, like, a top-five pick if he had a couple more inches on him.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I guess. A, little, a couple more pounds, a couple more. But it wouldn't
1: affect him because like he's one of the greatest defensive
4: linemen of all time. Right. So I guess like that actually could have been a negative at the NFL level. So I, I totally get what you're saying. And I, I'm okay with giving him a chance. I guess I have to watch him more because, um, I don't know, I don't, I'm not too fond of watching people from App State. I guess that's just my yeah. bias of not watching Power 5 schools.
1: Steve. Yes. That's what you said. <laughs> uh Ooh. i I'm, I'm i'm all uh, i'm not i'm not gonna bring out my ucf twitter defenses today uh tr- not in the mood uh to bring up my small school arguments but uh, speaking of, of underdogs let's say we haven't talked about day three really on any of the podcasts we've done and uh, we've been going for a while so we don't need to spend a ton of time on it but uh, and I, I guess this is where quarterback would come into play. Kevin and Johnny, is is there anyone you could see that would be there in, let's say, uh, the fourth round? We're we're missing a, a day three pick, right? Is it the fifth round? We don't have one. I gotta look. I will look this up, but is uh... there is there a a quarterback? that could potentially be there that you think would be a good fit for the Rams and somebody McVay would maybe look into grooming in case, uh, this Jared Goff regression isn't a fluke.
4: Um, for me, at least there are a couple of quarterbacks that in day three, I would target. like I would not bother taking a quarterback in day two because that would just like, we'd be just, like admitting that Jared Goff might be a failure. Yeah. So that, that just, to me, is a waste of a pick. I get it. John Wolford's our backup, and I do want a you know more, I don't want to say polished, but maybe more game-ready product to fill in at quarterback if, God forbid, something were to happen to Goff, or if, if like you said, his regression hit a, an absolute crest or something were to happen where he is unstartable. There are some potential options. Uh, Anthony Gordon out of Washington State's been getting some hype. Um, We saw last year with Gardner Minshew popping out of nowhere. I mean, I guess he was at Washington State as well. He was out of the Mike Leach offense. uh, That spread modern style where he came in and he, he knew how to play some football. You're like, dang, okay, this Gardner Minshew fella really can kind of sling it. And Even though he's not some, you know, a re- revelation of sorts. He can fill in and he's decent. Like, I don't think Gardner Minshew's necessarily a, you know, superstar quarterback or he's not going to break out anytime soon, but I think he was a quality fill-in.
1: And he's I good think enough to get a George, second season. At, good at enough very, to potentially the be their
4: starter this year. Like, that's crazy to me. He, but – he had an incredible season at uh, Washington State in 2018, and Anthony Gordon filled in, and I watched – I like, I didn't watch many Washington State games, even though I'm a Pac-12 guy, Pac-12 after dark and all that. But uh, he had himself a pretty good year. He threw a good chunk of picks at 16, but he also threw a ton of touchdowns. He threw 48 touchdowns last year at Washington State, and I guess that, like, Max Borgi, the running backs, like a really, he is a huge stud coming out next year. He like, might be, like, the next Eckler of sorts, but – he had a 71.6 completion percentage, 5,579 yards in 13 games on 689 attempts. Yeah, like I said, the 48 touchdowns, 16 picks, which is a lot. But when you're throwing that often, you're going to throw some picks. No one's perfect. So he may be a day three guy we target. He's pretty big at 6'3", 210. So he can fill in as, you know, if we have him drop back a ton, maybe go into shotgun mode a lot, we can run out a. Uh, some sort of modern-style quick-hitter offense with uh, Cup, Woods, and whatever wide receiver we sign. I'm not just signing draft. Um, we could have something that works. So Anthony Gordon would ideally be my day-three option. He's not someone I'd reach for, but if he's there in round five, if we like trade up for him or something, I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah, uh, but by the way, I looked it up. Five is the round we don't have a pick. We have four, six, and seven. Nope. Uh, But you could theoretically trade into five fairly easily if there was somebody you wanted to get. Uh, Johnny, anyone you could see in that range, or do you think it's even worth it? To tell you the truth, I was glad he
3: brought up Gordon because uh, um, I am also a Pac-12 guy, uh, but my team sucks. We're not going to talk about that, though. Hey, um, Hey, my
4: team sucks. As a Trojan man, it's been rough.
3: Uh, yeah, mine's worse. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Like I said, um,
2: <laughs>
3: but I do, I do uh, remember Gordon a lot, and I think that he's certainly worth a, a look in in day three. I don't know if I, you know, waste a really high pick on him. Uh, maybe around six around seven. Bearing in mind he might be there, I don't know if he'd even be there at six or seven.
1: NFL Network's but, uh, got him his projection is round seven slash undrafted. So it's definitely possible. He'd be there in six.
3: Uh, Oh, well, there you go. Um, If that's, if that's the case, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, I think, uh, I think this is a guy that you, I mean, when you look at either round six or seventh, if you get any usage out of them at all, Steve and I kind of covered this a little bit. It's already a win. And Mm. if, the reality is, is a backup quarterback, you hope you never see them start anyway. So the only time you hope you ever see a backup quarterback is in the preseason or during garbage time. And uh, that's really it. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any qualms about throwing a, a sixth-round pick or a seventh-round pick at Gordon, maybe seventh round after hearing that.
1: Well, it's weird because, uh, Kev, I'm sure you'd have a better read on this than i would uh, i'm trying to pull up nfl.com's prospect list which i can't really find but they had him as a second round pick and draft network or one of the one of the writers for draft network carter donick has him at six so he's got him ahead of like jalen hurts uh so hey, I don't.
4: I would take anyone over Jalen Hurts, and I don't. Know, I don't know how deep we're going. you've seen my Twitter. I don't want to get too deep into that, but yeah. Hey, PFF has him at 82 overall for the draft, and uh, the Athletic has him at 158 overall. So we're talking about a guy that's rated highly by two pretty reliable resources. So I'm not saying like these are you know the be all end all and whatnot, but. He's got some pretty good ratings. He was uh, 42nd out of 199 quarterbacks in PFF rating last year. He played the full season. He's a little older. I mean, that's he's a lot older. He's 23 points. He's 23 and a half. So you're getting an older quarterback. But if he can slide right in, let's say, God forbid, like I said, if golf were to go down, if it was going to be bad, I think he's the guy we'd want. We need a, like that veteran sort of, uh, guy to step in because we don't need developmental guys. We we don't need someone to groom because th- that's basically giving up.
1: Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Is, is there? I'm a Wolford man, boy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. You and Sosa yeah. out on out on Wolford Island. Oh God, <laughs> uh, I I honestly have not seen enough Wolford
4: to have any sort of opinion on him. I honestly, I go on. Uh, my way of evaluating quarterbacks is going off their name. So if you don't have a strong name, I really don't believe in you. Like I was so fringe on Jared Goff. If it, uh, it Goff, Goffle, Goofy. Ugh. I, I I hated that name so much when we drafted him, but I watched him. and I was like, yeah, hey, he's pretty good. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt. This year, like Justin Herbert, I don't know how you draft a guy named Justin Herbert like Herbert you're gonna plaster that all over your stadium all over your jerseys Herbert that's the (laughs) perverted guy from family guy like that's not who you want leading your team some guy named Herbert like no offense to anyone named Herbert last name Herbert or whatever it may be but it's just not an NFL quarterback name Anthony Gordon strong NFL name so I can see the vision here
1: and look honestly too we're talking about quarterbacks I I'd be fine if after the draft the Rams just gave whatever salary they have left, because I'm guessing it won't be a lot, to Blake Bortles and brought him back. I'd be totally fine with it. I, wouldn't. I He, I, To me, he's a – I would say a high-tier backup, Blake Bortles. I'm not going to hey, feel great – what's up? Aren't we in the negative in cap space? How are we going to give anyone any money? Well, we got to sign rookies. I don't know. Blake Bortles still a free agent. <laughs> you never, you'd never know. Maybe he'll come back. Living in L.A., not playing, making a million dollars probably. Uh, it's not the worst <laughs> gig. Um, any any other guys you wanted to talk about day three? I don't care how stupid the reasoning is. If, uh, if there's anyone you want to say publicly on the record, you hope the Rams draft on day three before the draft, now's the time.
3: Uh, I was just curious, um, you know, potential guys to uh, be a kicker or a punt returner. Uh, I know the rounds were. No, I mean they. they I know the no, Rams I believe work. it. Yeah, yeah. Huh?
4: it matters. It matters. I'm, no, it look, totally matters. But it's crazy that this is still an issue. We've had this issue for yeah. so long.
1: I'm with Johnny. Yeah. Though. If there's if there's somebody we could draft in the sixth or seventh round specifically to fill that role, I'm all for it. We, get yeah, we, and Johnny, alluded to this earlier. In the sixth or seventh round, if you get a guy who produces a single, like, quality NFL game, then it's a good pick because half of these guys don't even make the team. So, I, yeah, I, I'd I go, keep going.
3: Uh, I, I was just saying, I I, I know the Rams are kind of scouting um, Va- uh, Van Jefferson from uh, Florida, I believe. I'm not a fan. Uh, but... I don't know. Is there is there a prospect in the 6th or 7th round you can think of that might be a good fit as a kicker or punt returner? A,
4: a kicker? I, I, I really don't. I, besides, like, Rodrigo no, no, Blankenship. Return, oh, a oh, kick returner. I was like, yo, I am not. I do not <laughs> speak kicker uh, scouting reports. That's not my language. But um, there's a Javelin Goodry out of Utah. He's, like, 5'8", 170, I think. He's – like, his – 40 time was uh, like, I don't want to say world bre- record breaking, but like he had an insane 40 time. He's reportedly like he can maybe play some slot corner too, if we really want him to. So I guess he would be an option, but I, I, I'm not anywhere near, uh, close to whatever you guys are to wanting to draft kicker, kick returners and putt returners, because I think I'd rather use those picks on like potential wide receiver threes. Like there's some good guys out there like Mark Evans Callaway, Joe Reed, James Proche. Um, uh there uh swame out of florida he played really well against auburn last i recall but there are some options but honestly on day 3 that's where i'd want to target running back where we were actually discussing earlier where there are good running back options that maybe could slip to us in the second but we shouldn't take but in round in uh, not round in um, day three, there's Michael Warren the second out of uh, Cincinnati who would be an amazing option because he could play that three down role that we need. He could be the perfect Brown placement because he's like 5'9", I believe, two twenty 220, or two twenty six or something like that. He can operate out of the slot. We can uh, motion him out, play him as receiver. He has pretty good hands for a running back. Um, unfortunately, he has I, I noticed a bit of a fumble issue in one game against Virginia Tech. But uh, aside from that, we can use him in goal line situations. We can use him all over the field as a sort of uh, thunder and lightning with Daryl Henderson, where Daryl Henderson is the lightning. Michael Warren's the thunder. If we could get Warren in like on like uh, round six, seven, somewhere around that, I'd really like that. There's also um, A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. He uh, graded out really well he tested pretty decently for a uh, running back who's even, like, he's six feet tall and he weighs more than Leonard Fournette, but I think their 40 times were pretty close to each other. Although he didn't produce as well at the college level as Fournette, like, obviously, he would have been, like, a top-five pick to some bad team, like Fournette was, but Dylan's another back that could be the thunder to Henderson's lightning. So I'm looking for that bigger back who could carry a good workload, provide some solid burst, provide some, you know... Banging between the tackles and uh, maybe some passing down work as well because Lord knows we need a running back that can catch. After watching Todd Gurley not be able to turn around last year, I need some sort of production out of my running backs.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think running back – I don't know if in the fourth round I would necessarily no. want to do it unless there's somebody you really like. But when you get in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, if there's a guy you think can contribute – then yeah, I'm all for it. I think with with these picks, and I think it's why return specialist someone you want to think of. If you're looking at a guy in the sixth or seventh round, and you are looking at this guy, and you you have a role that you could see him in on day one of the season on the roster, like actually playing and being productive, I that I that would be my first priority. But I think this will be a good time to address running back, even if it's a long shot, uh, riskier guy. Uh, day three running backs that pan out more than a lot of positions. You know, uh, even even undrafted guys. You look at you know, a- Arian Foster was one of the best running backs of the decade. Didn't get drafted, so this it, it, the later rounds would probably be worth grabbing a running back. And because worst case, they don't make the roster. Uh, if we keep John Kelly again, but I I, I I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind going running back here for sure.
4: Yeah, no, I was talking about, like, round six, round seven. I was not yeah. talking about round four. Uh, you you know how adamant I, get, I am against <laughs> running backs. Like, the only—unless we somehow land DeAndre Swift in round two, and even that I wouldn't love, but at least we can use him as a wide receiver pretty often because we can motion him out as well. He has this insane body at, like, 6'1", 2'15", where he's not just a running back. So I guess that— wouldn't be too bad. Like if we take Jonathan Taylor and we're just feeding him like 300 times a year, I'm like, like I said, I rescind my fandom, but (laughs) we, we need, we need versatile pieces on offense. We need guys. We can move around. We can create diversions with that. The defense actually believes because what made us so good a few years back when we were demolishing teams, when we killed Kansas city two years ago, what made us so good was the talent on the field Obviously, the offensive line was playing out of their minds, but we had a believable threat at every level of offense, whether it was Todd Gurley, Woods, Cup, Cooks, whoever it may be. We had threats, and if we don't have threats, we can't scare the defense, and we can't create the space to operate, so we need these weapons to kind of pan out. There's also Antonio Gibson who's a, who's listed at running back, but he might actually be a wide receiver, but you can use in some run situations. We need pieces like that, like these hybrid-type players on offense to ease the the workload on golf, to allow him to make these dump-offs with playmakers downfield or in the short field, wherever it may be. Because we have Woods and Cup. They're established. We have our great tight ends in Everett and Higby. So that's basically the intermediate part of the field that's taken care of but now we need the deep and short field to really unlock yep
1: yeah, well said cough, uh, cough roger <laughs>
4: sapple oh, R A P. I i miss, miss him,
1: him. Uh, i just want to i want to end with this because i mentioned that nfl.com grade on anthony gordon just throw that out the window i'm looking at i i was curious so i looked up aaron donald's draft grade uh, they had his prospect grade of five point nine, which meant backup slash special teamer. They had him projected to go in the fourth or fifth round, which I like. What is what? I, I don't. I don't understand how how they had a, a first round pick going four to five.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty fucking terrible. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> Short, scrappy, instinctive. Highly productive defensive lineman who does not look the part, but inspires confidence. He can be an exception to the rule if you root for if the type you root for and has the quickness, athleticism, and motor to earn a spot as a rotational three technique in a fast flowing four three scheme. The oh, guy boy. had 66,
4: 66 tackles for loss in four years at Pitt, <laughs> twenty nine and a half sacks as a defensive like as an interior defensive lineman. That is. Unbelievable production, and this guy's calling him a fifth rounder.
1: Yeah, it's. it's What's
4: his name? I want to drag him. I want to cancel it's, him on uh, Twitter.
1: Nolan Nor Noraki. Nor- Nor- I've Never heard of
4: him, and there's probably a reason.
1: <laughs> probably got fired after this. I mean, Jesus.
4: <laughs> Dude, 28 and a half sacks in one season in the ACC.
1: Back when like Florida State was like good too. Like that's insane. Come the, on, the four five pick is crazy. I'm not. I'm not going to drag somebody for getting a prospect wrong. Uh, you know, I mean, 12 teams essentially got that pick wrong. But how, did, how do you have a guy who is going to go in the first round as four to five? Like he might. He probably wouldn't have fallen past. He might have not fallen past the Bears if we didn't take him. Uh, we took Kyle Fuller right after. I don't know. <laughs> anyways that's a funny dra- isn't that the
4: justin gilbert draft that's have you justin seen gilbert that draft yes it is uh have uh that top uh 14 or 15 i want to say everyone but justin gilbert in that draft's been in the pro bowl kevin in that I, think, range.
1: I think you're erasing a certain former ram oh, from your memory oh greg
4: robinson my bad my bad my bad, my bad. all right yeah no I, it, again, it's again.
1: it's nuts it was uh Four guys out of the first seventeen picks didn't make the Pro Bowl, uh, but were, the other two were. Uh, well, Blake Bortles was a bad pick, and then Sammy yeah. Watkins, who, who compared to these other guys, was bad. But it's not like like it's not like he's a bad player.
4: Uh, respect to Watkins, he was a great prospect. So yeah. there's always that. Like uh, I don't want to besmirch his name at like coming out. Like you, you no one's like. Uh, It's like in retrospect, like Sammy Watkins was a bad pick. No, he wasn't. He was the best wide receiver prospect of that draft and one of the best of the decade. He just didn't really pan out as that wide receiver one. And maybe it was injuries. Maybe it was playing in Buffalo all those years. He didn't really get to develop properly, whatever it may be. He got an unfair shake, in my opinion. He And he's been okay. He's been serviceable. But uh, yeah, going back, how much, I don't want to say better, but I mean- we wouldn't look back on Greg Robinson so negatively if we had taken him where we took Aaron Donald and we took Aaron Donald where we took Robinson.
1: Like The I feel like- Aaron Donald pick probably saved Lesney's job. Because uh, you know, if he fucked that up and he walked out of this draft with just Greg Robinson, I think there's a chance he gets canned when Fisher gets canned because that's, that's horrible. But um, no, I, I don't disagree. And he was a pretty good product at the time. Johnny and I took a deep dive on every Rams draft uh, under less need on the last pod. Uh, I think I think the thing about Watkins is it didn't age well because Mike Evans and Odell Beckham were the next two receivers, and they didn't go that far behind him. Oh yeah, absolutely.
4: But uh, back with Robinson, wasn't he a guard at Auburn, and then we? played him at tackle. We thought like we can mold him into a tackle and then we n- we just never played him at guard. I don't know, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to remember 5 years ago. Robinson
3: he uh, played guard for a little while, but like he wasn't very good as a guard either.
4: Okay, there it is. Yeah, no, I um my fandom doesn't go that far back. I started watching a, a lot more deeply when uh they came to LA. So I don't remember those first few years for Robinson. Cuz I was like yeah, I felt like we were playing him out of position when I watched him. I was like, "This guy this
1: obviously is not a left tackle." Well, uh, he he might have dabbled in guard, but we Johnny, I think we were thinking of we were gonna move him to guard when we signed Andrew Whitworth, but we traded him before the season started.
3: It, uh, he he um, I think because I think he initially started at guard, and then he just wasn't really doing much and then he shifted over to tackle and wasn't doing much better if not worse so (laughs) uh, you you really just missed a lot of false starts is what you missed
1: uh we we certainly got false starts back last year from from our guys uh all right any 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 final thoughts here before we depart fellas
3: uh, I I'm just really excited for the draft going to have me some pizza nearby and I'm going to have me some uh, tequila nearby as well. It, the tequila is for two reasons. Number one for a celebration <laughs> of what I think was a good draft. Number two is i uh, I'm going to have to pour one out for, for the 20, <sighs> the 2020 Rams. If we actually see it.
1: Mm. Uh, I hope so. you know what, man, I, I, I think they will do everything in their power to play this season. I. If I had to bet right now, there wouldn't be fans, but I would bet that they play. But I. I don't yeah. Know.
4: I don't know how, like, brand new stadium opening up to no fans is going to be insane. <laughs> That's, like, what shit timing, man. Serious.
1: Yeah. Uh, i don't know i it seems unlikely right now but it's yeah, it's yeah. also it's changing every day so who knows uh kev tell the people where they can follow you
4: yeah hit me up at roto Surgeon on twitter r-o-t-o surgeon i have some really good draft takes and i have some really bad draft takes and if you want to see some jalen hurts hate come on by but other than that, my work is on com Right now, I just put out a piece about uh, the draft wide receivers where I could see their dream destinations and their worst-case scenarios as well. Uh, so I only did, like, the, the eight best, in my opinion. Denzel Mims was not included. Um, and then I will have a piece out, I believe, tomorrow on the running backs of the draft and their dream destinations. And I will have a few mentioned to the Rams. So if you are at all interested... Go on rotoballer.com and hit me up. So that's where you can find me. Other than that, I'm, I'm excited for the draft. Uh, it's one of my favorite traditions every year. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get together with friends this year, which is the absolute worst part. You know, you got to social dis- distance and all. Uh, stay safe. Everybody stay at home. And uh, take care until next time.
3: Agreed. Just for that, I hope I hope we draft Jalen Hurts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kev, will definitely bring you back on if the Rams draft Jalen Hurts. Uh, don't, honestly, don't even bother. I won't be Rams, <laughs> man. By
4: that point, I'll be I'll be uh, talk chargers or whatever.
1: Oh, God. Uh, hey, my completely unbiased opinion, rotoballer.com, best fantasy website. Not No bias here, just saying. Uh, all right, but hey, that's it for us, guys. Kev, thanks for coming on. As always, a pleasure. Uh, if you guys want to hit us up on Twitter, at, talk Rams, at Steve at johnny5not6 and last two weeks of pods were also draft preview so if you haven't listened listen up and we'll see you guys next week i don't really think i'm an idiot most of the time